You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for... What day? What day? What day? What day? Wednesday, October 27th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for, doing all sorts of fun stuff over there. Believe me, we're going to get fun of the offseason, too. Uh, yeah, really cool stuff there for sure. Check that out. Haven't written in a while, though, I must say. Uh, but most importantly, guys, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you see me pointing to it, that means you're watching the YouTube. If you don't see me pointing to it, that means you aren't watching the YouTube. Go check that out. It's in this description of, for all my audio listeners, Locked On Padres on YouTube. Be sure to check that out. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode, guys, is a nice little fun one. Recapping Game 1 of the World Series. It feels like it's taken, you know, if you like like a Lord of the Rings length of time. A, 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 a One Piece length of time. A Sesame Street length. It's taken a while before we finally have our World Series Game 1 matchup. Uh, and it happened. So we're going to be recapping that, giving some of my thoughts on that. Because there was actually a lot of stuff that uh, occurred in the game. Going to be talking about all that stuff. And then going to be talking about Ozzie Gian, How it came out that he is potentially uh, a potential uh, manager replacement for the Padres. They interviewed him last week. So going to be giving my thoughts on that report which is uh you know very interesting and then i put out a tweet about how if there was one free agent the Padres could acquire in the off season who would it be reacting to some of your answers and stuff and then giving a little bit more uh, i guess teasers for future stuff on the show but guys let's get into it i've already dilly-dallied long enough game one is in the books ladies and gentlemen and it goes to the atlanta braves final score was six to two right was it six to two i don't have but right in front of me for some reason. There we go. Six to two in favor of the Braves. Charlie Morton gets the start. And here's the thing. I actually never made a prediction for who I thought was going to win this. I actually would say this even after the Braves won, I'm going to still say Astros win this in six games. Uh, I do believe. I think their offense is on fire. And most importantly, I think they have a big chip on their shoulder. I think everybody knows that. And they have a lot to prove. I really think that they are a team that if anyone can kind of, you know, push back against hype, push back against a team that's, they could just dig deep and come up big. I feel like it's this Astros team. They have a bite to them, uh, kind of wanting to prove to people. Yeah. Okay. We cheated, but like, so did other people. And guess what? We're still going to win anyway. And we want you to be mad about it and cry about it. There's something about that, that I think, uh, speaks volumes to them as a team. I think we'll see, because oftentimes those type of teams end up eventually losing. They don't hold the dynasty for that long. At least in my experience is watching sports, uh, warriors come to mind a little bit when they, they had that little cry about it attitude to them. Um, but anyway, uh, Charlie Morton starts this game and he unfortunately gets hurt. Uh, he goes two and a third innings, giving up no runs though. He did walk two, he did strike out three though, did pretty decent in the time that he did have. But unfortunately, he suffers an injury after taking a hit, uh, a, a ball hitting him in his leg. It's really rough. And I was actually reading a couple of tweets from uh, Joel Sherman who said, This seems to be the chronology around Morton's injury, hit by Guriel smash 
in the second inning, got two more outs, took x-ray between innings that was negative, went back out, and the Braves believe he incurred the fracture on the final pitch to Altuve in the third third inning, but no way to know for sure. The Braves decided to send Morton out for the third because the x-rays are negative. The pain was described as manageable, and Morton, uh, hold on, and Morton wanted to continue. Morton had pain the whole time, but not until the last pitch they'd become intolerable to continue. He suffered a fibula injury. That's right. Um, just, just really terrible. At first, I think the announcers were basically saying that they thought it was a, uh, a hamstring type of thing, but regardless that ends his kind of bout in the postseason. It stinks because I know a lot of people thought this guy might be, you know, the potential world series MVP since he was going to have the most potential starts. He's a big game pitcher. He comes up clutch, you know, after the past few years, he's pitching a lot of big games. It's kind of curious that the Rays let him go. You might uh, argue that after the Rays, how kind of things shook out for them in the postseason, getting wiped out by Boston with what if they had him, maybe an extra good start from him might've changed things. We don't know, but now we definitely know that he won't be able to uh, deliver for the Braves. So while the Braves won, it's kind of like that Wario mean like meme you know just being like i won but at what cost um but thankfully the braves bullpen does come up big for the rest of them that was just surprising the fact that they took out their starting pitcher early with an injury but you know aj minter luke jackson tyler matzik who does give up a run but still i mean it is the Astros after all they're gonna score on you a little bit uh just a, a well done job uh by the braves they do score a lot of their runs early with a Jorge Soler smash home run and an Austin Riley double and then some sacrifice flies and then an Adam Duvall homer, all that before, you know, top of the third inning. Uh, a lot of the runs are scored there, but I think that I still have the Astros winning the series for the aforementioned reasons. I know that they don't have McCullers and I know that some of their pitching is a little bit weird that you don't know exactly what you're going to get from some of those guys. They don't have that like ace and at least the Braves. You could argue they have two more guys that you feel a little bit more confident about, especially Max Fried. I know his last start wasn't that great, but even still, uh, you feel a little bit good about him, right? He was had one of the lowest ERAs to end the season and kind of continued that heading into the postseason. He had that one game where he struck out nine, went like full six innings or whatever it was. Uh, like he's he, he's really good, you know what I'm saying? So you at least feel confident about that if you are the Braves. Whether or not their bullpen will hold up is another story, but to counter that, it's not like the Astros that's the strength of their team either. So I would say that I don't all always know if the bullpen stuff is going to continue producing the way it has for the Braves so far this season. I will say that, um, you know, uh, the Astros, not like they give you a lot of confidence either. Um, but yeah, that, that was a bummer. Another thing about this game that I thought was interesting is that the Astros actually came out to the Avengers theme song, which was arguably the most inappropriate uh, usage of the Avengers theme song. And here's the thing. I'm not saying they don't have good, powerful players, dare I say, on their team. You got Correa. You know, they got like six guys with WRC plus over like 115 or whatever it is, right? Like they they have an incredible lineup. But in terms of being like heroes and whatnot, I don't know about that. They should have leaned a little bit more towards, you know, does the Suicide Squad have a theme song? Does, I don't know. Is there like kind of a... Uh, a, a still a likable, dare I say, villainous group type of theme song. You know, you could do the Evil Empire, but nobody does that. You know what I'm saying? The Evil Empire is reserved for the Yankees or whoever's playing the Yankees at a waste, uh, at Yankee Stadium. So I, I, I don't really see that going that route. But it was a little bit weird, and they lost. So that's just what happens. But World Series, bottom line, it was a solid first game. Even if a lot of the runs came up early, I still think we have a lot of potentially really great moments for the rest of the series. It is far from over. It is only game one. You know how the Astros are. They can catch fire real, real quick. They had a lot of RBI opportunities to kind of get things rolling in this game. Didn't shake up for them. But with Charlie Morton being out, that could be a huge difference maker. 
You know what I'm saying? It really could be, especially with people who subscribe to the belief, like myself, that having big game starting pitching performances, especially against two teams that are really on fire right now with their offenses, is how you win playoff games. Um, but bottom line, it was it, it was a great game, and I was happy to see it, to be honest with you, just as a baseball fan. And for everybody who's telling you, oh, the ratings, the ra-, that's for MLB to worry about. Who cares about the ratings? Guys, well, so we're supposed to never be happy that teams that never make a World Series historically, that we're just not supposed to be happy because MLB might get a little bit less money and they can't exploit minor leaguers anymore. Relax. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Who cares about what MLB thinks? They'll figure it out. They'll be fine. Oh, what we think of the billionaires. But anyway, guys, before we get into, before I get too much on my liberal soapbox, uh, let me just talk to you guys really quickly about Spotify Greenroom. It is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sports. I have been hosting and will continue to host, at least for the next week, uh, rooms for Lockdown Padres. It's a perfect place to start and join conversations about the Padres, guys, and whatever else you want to talk about. You'll find fans just like yourself for all sorts of things, by the way. They even have little like chats about, like, you know, for what whatever like they'll have the live chat of you being like what are the best cartoons or whatever but I, it is sports but they even have stuff like that um insiders all sorts of game breakdowns we'll be doing uh so be sure to join me this week i'm going to bring it back i just totally forgot last week to do one we're going to be doing one on saturday uh for sure probably saturday is is the world series game on saturday expected to be there's expected to be a game it looks like on saturday if it does happen it'll be at 809 p.m i believe that i am good for that time so saturday 809 p.m eastern time we will be going live on spotify green room go download the app wherever you get your you know apps available on all ios devices be sure to create a profile link your twitter and follow me there at javier reyes j-a-v-i-e-r-r-e-y-e-s and when you follow me on there the room will notify you when it goes live so then you can join in and have some fun. Uh, Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. And again, guys, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. On all platforms, how great is that? All right, guys, let's move on to the next segment, which is the most important segment. Look, I, I do the game recaps at the beginning. You guys know how I roll. Come on now. I don't want you guys complaining that, oh, why did you talk about Isaac Gein first? Look, it's when you're making content, you're doing three separate segments every day. A little bit helpful. Just do that part first. I don't know. But um, it was reported first by Dennis Lynn uh, of The Athletic, and I was reading the piece on it, that Isaac Gein was interviewed by the Padres, and obviously it's been brought up a lot. Brad Osmus has been a name that's mentioned. Uh, you know, Buster, sorry, Bruce Bochy. Buster Bro- Bochy, was that what I was about to say? Uh, Bruce Bochy, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Ron Washington and Buck Showalter. All sorts of names have been thrown into the mix. The Cardinals are already looking to hire their guy, but the Padres interviewed Guillen, the former White Sox and Marlins manager, for the managerial opening last week. Sources told The Athletic, this is from uh, reading from The Athletic piece by Dennis Lynn. Guillen, currently a studio analyst on White Sox broadcast, has not managed or coached in the majors since 2012, his only season managing the Marlins. The Padres are also known to have interviewed former Cardinals manager Mike Schilt and ex-Mets manager Luis Rojas. San Diego is expected to name a replacement for Jace Tingler, who was fired as manager on October 6th before the general manager's meetings begin, meetings begin November 8th in Carlsbad. Um, okay, so here's the thing. Um, Ozzy Gein's a big name. Uh, for sure. He has not managed in a long time, as they mentioned uh, back in 2012 with the Marlins. Here's what I will say. 
I think it provides, and, and the athletic article, I encourage everybody to read Dennis Liss' perspective. He's a lot more tuned in to the team uh, for sure. But I'm just going to give my own thoughts now. I want to give my own thoughts on this. Here's the thing. Ozzie and his character. Uh, he is a guy that definitely, I don't want to say burnt bridges, but he definitely burnt his his standing with a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? He definitely did that. But one thing I will say is the guy's got a World Series championship. When I heard this first announced, it reminded me a lot of the hiring of Tony Larusa. Now, I will say this. There is a lot of differences. They're almost kind of the entire end of the spectrum. They're both kind of controversial figures in their own way. Why am I holding my water bottle cap like that? They're both uh, controversial figures in their own way. Ozzie Guillen made some waves after he... Again, I won't go too deep into the political facts of this. That's not what this podcast is about. Uh, after he kind of voiced his support for um, Fidel Castro um, back in 2012 when he was a manager of the Marlins. Now, for people who don't know, Florida, a lot of Cuban immigrants and stuff like that. Like that isn't exactly the place that you should be bringing up Fidel Castro. Um, I have my own thoughts on the guy. I think that there's a lot more to the story, but for sure, people being upset had more than a right to be upset by that, especially when you're a manager of the Marlins with that demographic, with that kind of, you know, population for you to be talking about Fidel Castro that way. It was just kind of like, it's not surprising that he was let go. And then it's also not that surprising that he's kind of been, I'm not going to say blackballed. I I don't want to go that far just yet, but it's not surprising that he hasn't had a managing gig. And the, the kind of the the reason why I equate this a little bit to Tony Larusa is because they're two guys that were out of baseball for a while, um, much more show I would say Tony Larusa, but they both have some really incredible you know resumes. You know what I'm saying? As uh, Guillen won a World Series with the White Sox before. You know, very famously, he was a very boisterous manager. He's a very boisterous kind of opinions and all that stuff. He last year I think it was or a couple of years ago, just randomly just shit on Mark Teixeira, which was, or was it Mark Teixeira? No, I'm sorry, Nick Swisher. Like the other day he was like, that dude was so fake and all this. I was like, this is just random. Like it was just very, very weird um, for sure. And I was just like, what the heck? That was just, it was the most odd thing ever. Go, everybody looked that up. It's like he was bored and just wanted to make the news for once again. I don't know. It was, it was very odd. And maybe he's right for all I know. My feeling about this is, yes, he is definitely a wild card for the reasons that I mentioned. He definitely is going to give a hey, – for reporters, they would love if this happened because that guy will not be boring uh, as an interview for sure in the clubhouse. But there's there's a couple things, and I, I already mentioned why it equates to Tony Russo. But in my view, it could – he – I just like – that how different this is as an approach for your manager position. Now it was last week and something tells me that I'm not seeing him as a potential fit with this team, but I like that he could maybe potentially be as that veteran presence as a guy who's been in plenty of locker rooms before and is clearly just not afraid to say what's on his mind, that he's the type of guy to take over a locker room and regain it and regain confidence, stuff like that. He just has that way about him. And then I will also say that, I how much wild card is because I've talked on this podcast how I'd be a little bit worried if the Padres, you know, kind of brought in some, some guy who doesn't have as much experience, doesn't have a name, is a little just kind of boring. Mike Schilt, fine manager, you know what I'm saying? And it looks like maybe he was fired from there. Why? Maybe because he didn't want to go with a whole new trend, which might be that the new manager position, the new trend is just going to be that they're an extension of the front office. You know what I'm saying? That if you don't play ball, you don't get the position. That might be the case. But with Ozzie Guillen, it's a true wild card that you got to imagine that he might, you know, 
just have his own way. Or it's that he might just want to be back in the league so badly that he's willing to just be like, yeah, sure, probably I'll do whatever you want and I'll just talk to the guys, right? But I just like that it's a weird hire, potentially. It's an exciting hire. And I think that it's not someone that immediately just screams the way Jace Tingler did, that I'm just an extensure of AJ Preller. I don't have any managing experience, really. And that's kind of what we're doing with. I will say with Luis, Luis Rojas, every Mets fan that I talk to said that this guy was like the worst manager. So I don't really feel great about him. But And don't get me wrong. Bottom line is that I do think that managing position, it's not like a be all and end all. It's really easy to just crap on the manager like all you want. But I will say that like, you know, everyone, every single Mets fan that I've talked to, for the most part, at least Mets fans who like follow the team a decent amount, were like Luis, Luis Rojas is, I mean, you saw him trending a decent amount on Twitter. Is that because of the New York market? Sure. But you saw him trending a whole bunch for sure. Uh, you know, and, and it's just like, that's usually not a good sign. Kind of like the Angel Hernandez of managers this year, where whenever you see him trending, it ain't good. I guarantee you he did something messed up. But yeah, I mean, you know, just reading a little bit more of the article, Guillen does not have history with Preller, who some team and industry officials believe could again hire a less established manager, which is what I agree with, uh, which is what Dennis Lynn was saying. That notion has been reinforced by the Padres' interest in hiring Ruben Nibla for their pitching uh, coach position and people familiar with the team's thinking say Preller could be involved in picking more coaches before a manager is announced. Nibla, who has been in the Cleveland organization since 2001, is considered one of the best pitching minds in baseball. Galaxico native and El Centro resident has unofficially accepted the Padres' offer, according to sources. Again, I will be recapping that. We're probably going to be talking with Jeff Ellis of Locked On Indians, soon to be Locked On Guardians, if that announcement does come through. Um, for sure. Like we'll talk about his view on him and breaking it down a lot better, but you know, it's, you know, they continue. And then the article also says continues to doubt whether hall of fame manager, uh, you know, Bruce Bochy would join the team. I know that it's just, ah, I like I like the thinking. I like that it's a little bit more creative of a hire. I know a lot of people don't necessarily like Isaac again. They might find him a bit of a turnoff for the reasons that I described earlier. But I just like that this doesn't this he has no history with the team, like Dennis Lynn mentioned. And I just like that a character like that. It's just not. It clearly shows me at least because some people were saying via the athletic article that was done saying that AJ probably likes surrounding himself with a lot of people, but only tends to keep around and listen to people that are agreeing with him. You know what I'm saying? So this tells me, oh, all right, maybe he's listening to that feedback. Maybe he's starting to say, let me just start talking to some other people instead of just people that are from other organizations and are the obvious hires. Let's go look at Ozzy again. He, you know, he managed before and Larusa. I haven't talked to too many White Sox fans, but in fairness, they were still a decent team this year. I know they kind of got their butts kicked by the Astros, but bottom line, it's like, look, maybe you need that for this team. Maybe you need some guy who's going to be animated and he's going to get back in that clubhouse and not be afraid of any of the personalities. Not that they have intimidating personalities or anything like that, but he might carry with him that feeling of, well, that's Isaac Gillen, man. He won the World Series. Remember the White Sox? Yeah, he won with them. He ain't afraid to speak his mind. You know what I mean? He was quite the character. So I like the interest in it. Don't know how I'd feel about the hire, but I do like that they're kind of exploring every sort of area, taking a little bit of their time with it, and as the article mentions, before those meetings, we'll have to see. I imagine we'll be getting news soon, maybe by the time the World Series ends, something like that. And you guys know we're going to be talking on this podcast, guys. You know, we're going to talk about it. Because what else do we do? We talk Padres on here, ladies and gentlemen. We talk Padres. But you know what else we talk about every now and then? 
we talk about the best protein bars and not just Chicago and not just Florida and not just San Diego and not just uh, Atlanta or Asher's or the United States or the world and all the solar systems. They are the best protein bars in all the land, ladies and gentlemen. They are the Built Bars. And you know what I love about Built Bars the most? Well, there's so many flavors. That's what I love about them. Coconut, cherry barcia, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, new blueberry muffin flavors. They've got these puff flavors, a pumpkin flavor that just came out. All sorts of cool stuff, and I imagine they'll be coming out with more. That's why I love about them. Kind of the Ben and Jerry's. They've got so many different flavors that you probably won't even expect half the time. They keep you on your toes, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, they are protein bars, which means they are healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. So what are you waiting for, guys? Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, this promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And also, guys, And also, guys, just one more thing. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and all the football action this season. And, of course, they got some new stuff, guys. They've got updated desktop and mobile website stuff. They've got all these new contests and whatnot. And if you sign up today, you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive that there bonus. But of course, not just basketball and football, they're covering baseball. They got World Series stuff. They got MVP. They got all sorts of stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And they got the NHL, boxing, UFC, whatever. Just head over there and check it out. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Woo. All right, ladies and gentlemen. And now we talk a little bit about Padre stuff, but not new breaking news. Padre stuff. You know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> All right. I got a little crazy there. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little tired. It's, I'm, I'm recording this one a little bit late. And sometimes every now and then it's like a full moon. The craziness comes out of your boy just every now and then. Um, and hopefully you guys are enjoying it, whatnot. And I'm also really excited for any, any quick, really quickly. Sorry, guys, really quickly. The Cowboy Bebop trailer came out, and I actually thought it looked pretty solid. I don't know if that thing's going to be a guarantee for all my anime heads out there. I just really excited for it. I think one day one of these video game or anime adaptations will hit. I don't know which one. I thought the Sonic the Hedgehog movie was pretty good for the record, by the way. Uh, but we'll see how that all turns out in November. I like the trailer. Um, and anybody who hasn't seen the anime, go check it out. You can even watch the dub, which by many people, everyone agrees is better. But anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about something that is also opinion related. Tough transition there, guys. But I put out a tweet yesterday in Lockdown Padres, which you guys can follow at LO underscore Padres. And it was simple. Just trying to ramp up the engagement and whatnot. You know how it is. Uh, I said, if the Padres can only sign one free agent this offseason, who'd you want it to be? And I figured it'd be kind of fun. I might do this a little bit more often. Um, I haven't asked yet. I haven't done the legendary mailbag call because to be honest with you, I think I might just wait until we get to episode 400. Honestly, I think we're going to wait until we get to episode 400. Hold on. It is 400 that I'm on, right? Yeah, it'll be. So I'm on three. This will be th- episode 371, uh, assuming I didn't like mess up my math or anything like that. Um, so this will be episode 371. And for episode 400, I'm thinking I'm doing a mailbag. But every now and then I'm going to put out these like questions and whatnot. And that's kind of an easy way for you guys to get featured on the show. 
You know what I'm saying? So that's that's just how it is. Uh, I haven't put out the official mailbag request, but you know, it's just a fun little thing that I think we'll be doing throughout the off season. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of giving your thoughts on anything, any minute detail. In this case, it's an obvious one, and I'm going to kind of go over the responses that we got. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. First and foremost, let's talk about the most popular answer that we got from Joshua at Joshua D. Landis. He says, Frederick at uh, Skyline619 at Robbie619SD. Or I'm sorry, wrong wrong, wrong person. Hold on. I'll get to you in a second, Robbie. Uh, Damon Turgan. Hope I, hopefully I said that name uh, correctly, sir. Thank you for responding. Damon Turgan at Damon Turgan on Twitter. He says Freeman and then SD fan 22 at SD underscore fan 22 says Freeman. So I take it. The most popular answer was Mr. Freddie Freeman. Look, I talked about this on a previous show and he's clearly going to be at least in the upper echelon of the most desired free agents this off season. And I actually think that this is a pretty good off season, by the way, I think, oops. I think that while there isn't like a Springer and a Bauer, on the market, like in terms of like, like it was, it was a lot more front loaded last year. This year, plenty of interesting pitchers. Everything from Anthony Discofani to Robbie Ray, who at one point was at the bottom of the list for upcoming free agents, but that guy might like win the Cy Young. So you know, there's a lot of guys: Gosman and Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw. Like, there's a lot of free agents, and a big one in terms of offensive players at first base is Freddie Freeman. I actually, by the way, want to apologize really quickly, guys. The audio version of I think it was Friday's episode when I talked about free agents um, and just quickly going over all the free agents that are available. I only posted the YouTube and only recently uh, yesterday I posted the uh, the audio version of that. So sorry about that. I just felt like I had to publish it though. So that way my audio listeners don't miss it. But sorry about that. Won't happen again, hopefully. Um, my, my view on Freddie Freeman is that I just feel like it's going to cost too much. And I just think that it just makes me nervous. Now, don't get me wrong. If you get rid of Eric Hosmer, Obviously, Freddie Freeman obviously can now start playing that position. Or if the DH comes to the National League next year, one of the two of them is going to, you know, play DH, whatever. The way I view it, though, is this. Welcome to baseball. And oftentimes in baseball, Freddie Freeman is a little bit older. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he's young spring chicken. Guys just fall off. And you're probably going to have to give Freddie Freeman a pretty, pretty chunky deal, especially after this offseason or this regular season, I should say, especially after, you know, he wins the MVP. He was an MVP quality candidate this year. And, you know, look at how many great moments he's had for that team. He's going to carry a lot with him for sure. And, you know, and and he should. He's a great player. So something tells me like a six, seven-year deal. And by the time it's 38, 39, and I'm just saying that with the exception of guys like Max Scherzer, it's just so rare that guys fill that contract. I've I've had some people message me being like, you trade away Hosmer and then you bring in Freddie Freeman. My thing about that is while Freddie Freeman, at least if you signed him, you know that there's potential there. Unlike, in my opinion, Hosmer, who you could argue was always just at best, he was a good player under score just because he could, you know, hit for a decent average and hit some bombs and be available, I guess, health-wise. I I just genuinely think that Hosmer from the very beginning was a mistake. At least Freddie Freeman, maybe those first three years could be great and then you'd see the fall-off. But that's my thing. If you get out of a really bad contract, do you want to immediately go back into another one? Because it's not like the Padres don't already have a lot of money on their roster. You know what I mean? Top 10 in payroll. Like, they're this is a historically high-spending Padres team. So I don't know if that's the direction I'd want to go in. I love the player. I love the, the connection with Tatis' son. That's really great. I love that it's adorable. Or, I'm sorry, with Freddie Freeman's son, with uh, Fernando Tatis, it's like his son's favorite player or whatever. I love that. It's so adorable. Um 
But I will say that it's just, I don't like the idea of getting out of that big uh, Hosmer contract and then giving another one to Freeman. Don't get me wrong before you say anything and how I've always said that the owners, that everybody could afford everybody. I get that. I'm just saying I know how owners are. And for them to give up another contract like that, Tatis, Machado, Freddie Freeman, they're great players. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, do do we want to, maybe we should just, Get an okay player there first, iron out the farm system, iron out a little bit more of the depth instead of rushing immediately to the big free agent. I'm not saying that doesn't make mean you don't go for some of these guys. I would not be livid. I would not be upset as if, you know, if when I if I was doing this podcast back when they signed Hosmer, as I would have been back then uh, for Freddie Freeman. I, I would not be like livid, but it isn't necessarily the direction I would go in. But I admit, I think a lot of Padres fans are just like, ah. <sighs> Imagine if we had a good first baseman. So they're just like, Freddie Freeman, bring him here. We don't care. Get, cut the check. You know what I mean? So I understand that. Thank you guys for your response to that. Let's go on to the other responses that we got here. Uh, some fun responses for sure. Three, Freddie Freeman. And then we got one, which was a gif of Mr. Bartolo Colon coming from Mr. Brendan Ramon at bald 30 something uh, of him. And then he looks, look, Bartolo Colon has been talked about before. They should have. They should have added the DH instantly after Bartolo hit that home run. Instantly. And what's funny is, like, Bartolo Colon, like, years ago, maybe, before he kind of, you know, wasn't pitching in Major League Baseball anymore, might have been actually a decent dude, like, to have that quality of Bartolo. This, like, last stretch of the season for the Padres, not a great pitcher, but a guy who will at least, like, throw innings and every now and then throw a gem which is what's so incredible about him. His longevity was just something to watch. Big sexy. Love Bartolo Colon. Uh, I appreciate your answer on that one, man. But obviously that would not happen. But hey, hey, I'm just saying the 30, 40-year-old Bartolo Colon for this second half Padres team, you, I, he would probably have been better than Jake Arrieta, Vince Velasquez. You know what I'm saying? And uh, certainly Ryan Weathers, which how much he struggled in the second half. But uh, thank you, Brandon Ramon, for the response. And then the last two or last three responses, we got Starling Marte from Skyline Six One Nine at Robbie Six One Nine SD. Starling Marte is interesting. Now, if you were to sign him, that makes a question of, all right, where do you move everybody? How do you maneuver the lineup? Maybe put Starling Marte in center or you move Grisham to left field or you put you keep all of them in the outfield or you sign some other guy, whatever, and then you move Will Myers potentially, potentially if this does happen, to DH. I don't, I don't mind that, man. Starling Marte is a little bit up there in age. I actually don't think that Starling Marte would command the type of contract that Freddie Freeman would command, even though Starling Marte, the past like full season, basically since 2020, is one of the most productive players in all of baseball. But he is 33 years old. That defense at some time is at some point his speed will slow down. It is slowing down a little bit, but he seems to just be the banner of consistency. So if you could get Marte, pretty deep deal, which I think you could. I actually kind of like that one. A big name and. I just love the consistency. He's not going to be a gold glover in the outfield, but he's not going to be a liability like Tommy Pham, right? Hopefully, unless the for some reason the fielding coaching of the Padres is also cursed the same way it is for um, starting pitching. But I think he'd be solid guy that can maybe hit like in the upper 280, 290 range, have a decent on base, hit the ball pretty hard, have a decent amount of pop. The big thing about starting Marte is consistency when, consistency when you look at kind of the totality of his career which I'm going to bring up in just a second once I get it. Just one of the most productive outfielders. I know that he never really developed uh, into the power hitter that some people wanted, considering he was a top-level prospect and considering his first major league at bat like that he had, if I'm not mistaken, in the majors. 
he hit a home run for the Pirates, which was just kind of awesome. But like, if you look at the totality of his career, I mean, he plays a decent amount of games. He has had health issues recently, but for the most part, I mean, you look at his his career, never hit below, uh, what is it? The lowest he's ever hit in his career was 245 with Miami uh, last year, which wasn't great. But it was, and granted, it was 2020. That was a weird, uh, weird sample size in just 28 games. But the lowest besides that, 277 and 257 his rookie year the guy can just hit he's got decent he's improved his on-base skills tremendously over the past couple years 384 uh with arizona in 2020 2021 with miami he had a 405 and then in oakland he had 355 so i actually really like starring Marte. does not have the unbelievable speed powers of his youth but he's gonna swipe a decent amount of bags he's got okay power you know what i mean like in terms of line drive power not home runs certainly he only hit 20 or let's see here he hit 12 home runs this year um which you know it was was practically the same thing that tommy fam gave you so that's the way i feel it depends on the contract though because i also think that at 33 years old you don't want to give that much of a huge deal to a guy that's going to not necessarily move the needle for you if you can get rid of haas and then start sign starring Marte, then i'd be a lot more excited about that but then again that's just my opinion. And then um, the last uh, two answers we got really quickly as a joke, uh, Fritz at SD Fritz, which I imagine is uh, referencing our boy Ben Fritz, at least to a tiny bit. It's not really, but like, you know, he says Eric Cosmer Jr., which is very funny. Thank you. Uh, a man that just wants to see the world burn, Mr. Fritz, clearly. Uh, so shouts to him. And then the last one, Carlos Correa from Is He Dead? <laughs> I didn't even notice that until now. At Tranquilo Hijo uh, on Twitter, reference to Trevor Bauer when um, Tatis hit the home run off of him. And then on Twitter, he photoshopped a picture of him holding him like a baby, uh, which was an iconic moment of the season, I must say, by the way. Mm-mm. I honestly almost forget about that sometimes. But um, here's the thing. As far as I'm concerned, if we get the DH now, there's been a lot of rumblings about the collective bargaining agreement and whatnot. But if we get that DH spot, every single free agent that's a batter is in play, essentially. You know what I mean? Because then you could just move one of the guys you already have to DH or you move that new player you got to DH. I definitely imagine if you acquired Carlos Correa, you would not be moving him to DH considering he's got a decent glove. Where would you put him in the infield, though? Shortstop? Uh, maybe, you know what I mean? If you want to continue playing uh, Tatis back out in right field, maybe just gives you some versatility there. Maybe second base. I don't think third base is really his position. Look, Carlos Correa is going to go for a hefty, hefty sum. And I just don't see it happening with the Padres as fun as it would be. Uh, is he dead? <laughs> Sent a gift, the gift of him saying it's my time, that home run that he hit against the Red Sox, which is so far, honestly, one of my favorite moments of postseason so far was incredible, but, I definitely don't see that one happening as fun as it would be uh, to have Carlos Correa on this team. In fairness, the guy has had uh, a decent struggle staying healthy most of his career. This is like the first time he stayed healthy for more than 120 games. So that does need to be brought up when talking about his free agent prospects. And I think he's going to go for a hefty sum. I really do. I think Carlos Correa is going to go for a lot of money. And I think that there are teams that need infielders a little bit more than the Padres. You know what I'm saying? The Padres need first baseman for sure if they can get rid of Haas somehow. And they need a little bit more power uh, for sure. And Correa has that. Freddie Freeman certainly has that. Starring Marte has a decent amount, but not a lot. Um, 
you know, I, I definitely could see the match working, but infielders on that left side, you know what I mean? The hot corner with Tatis, with Machado, with Cronenworth, all those guys, you're just not going to need too much of an outfielder uh, infield presence, especially considering that you're hoping that Hassan Kim becomes something. We have to see what happens with Adam Frazier and guys like Jerickson Profar, how they're going to develop in the future. But in my opinion, I just don't see it. But then again, what do I know? I'm just the 800 pound, pound gorilla in the room. I guess you could say. Uh, but thank you guys for sending your responses. I appreciate it very, very much uh, for sure. Going to be doing a bunch of those type of questions on the Twitter feed. And if you a whole bunch of you respond, then that'll be one of my segments for the show. So keep that in mind when you see me tweeting out from at LO underscore Padres, guys. Um, but yeah, for sure. Thanks once again, last time, for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. For tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking with my guy Steve Granado, Granado, the new host of Locked On Angels, about some of the rumored guys that the Pirates may be interested in. Also, I'm going to talk about Otani. I can't not talk about Otani. So that should be a fun crossover to look for, forward to for tomorrow's podcast. And Friday, might have another one with another Locked On guest. Don't know who just yet, depending on schedules and stuff, uh, breaking stuff down. And of course, doing some game recaps potentially uh, for Friday's pod as well. But now, guys... Let me tease another thing. Make your second listen locked on MLB prospects. Host Arm Layton is a prospect encyclopedia. He's a guru, ladies and gentlemen, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available on all platforms. So go check it out. Again, sorry for my nerdgasm that I heard earlier on about Cowboy Bebop. I don't know what to say, guys. Look. I got to be me. It's my show. What do you want from me? But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, free and available on all platforms. Follow the show at LO underscore Padres or myself on Twitter at Javapeno. Be sure to subscribe to YouTube, Lockdown Padres for my audio listeners. That is in the description of the podcast so go check that out if you want to see my ugly mug didn't wear a cool shirt today i know my bad what can i say i'll try and do that for tomorrow's episode uh for sure with my guy steve and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care